Blog Talk Radio. Blow the trumpet. Sound the alarm. It's time for the clarion call. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another broadcast of the Clarion Call Show. I'm your host, the Minister Jonathan Simmons, and we thank God for those of you who have decided to join us here again uh, here on our broadcast. That if you are listening via the radio, uh, we are broadcasting on WIGO, Atlanta's Incredible Radio. You can find them at www.wigoam.com. You also can uh, find them on the free TuneIn radio app. Put in WIGO 1570 in the search engine, and voila, you will find them broadcasting to you right here and right now. You also can follow us on social media. Uh, we're about everywhere. You can follow us at Clarion Call Show. That's where we are on Twitter. Uh, we also are at Clarion Call Show on Instagram as well and also on Facebook. You can, in fact, follow me personally at Minister J. Sim. That's Minister M-I-N. I can spell it this morning, I think. M-I-N-I-S-T-E-R-J-S-I-M-M. Again, at Minister J. Sim, if you want to follow me personally. And, of course, uh, I am on Facebook as well. All right, uh, this morning we're going to talk to you a little bit about... um, uh, We have some scripture text that we're going to get into, and we're going to talk to you a little bit about... Uh, the whole sensibility of understanding that oftentimes when we do things, uh, the Lord has already got everything taken care of in advance for us. You know, sometimes what we do is we get so uh, overwhelmed uh, by the giants in our lives, the task in our lives, that uh, we forget that uh, God has got a plan for us. And oftentimes all he just needs for us to do is to show up and go about our business. Uh, So we're going to talk today. We're going to basically continue on uh, in what I dealt with a little bit last week. Um, Actually, I should say on Sunday, on Mother's Day, I talked a little bit about um, the scripture, at least I talked a little bit about from the book of Judges, uh, Deborah, who was the only that I saw recording the Bible female judge and how she ruled Israel. But we're going to talk now about her general who was named Barak. And I know for those of you female listeners out there, you are very fond of of Barack. Uh, keep in mind that's Michelle Barack. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, Barack and how God had already prepared a, a winning battle for him and how he just had to go up and how God orchestrated events uh, to work on his behalf and work on behalf of the people of Israel so that, in fact, uh, the battle uh, would be won. Uh, by the people of Israel. And speaking of that, in just a moment, we're going to go to a commercial break really, really quickly uh, to let you know about an upcoming stage play that's uh, being put on by a good friend of mine, uh, Brother Leonard Spikes. He's been a great um, help to me. Uh, He's partnered with myself and Gary uh, to allow us to uh, do some video of the great plays that uh, Pastor Linda Walker has done. Uh, You've heard me do on this show many times advertising for The Blessing in the Storm, which was here about six months ago, well, now they have a new play called The Battle 
is not yours. So we're going to uh, let you guys hear a little bit about that in just a minute. Uh, also, as you know, I always like to give a big shout out uh, to um, my full-time employer, which is Allen Vigil Ford and Lincoln. I work in their commercial sales department. Uh, they're located on 6790 Mount Zion Road in Morrow, Georgia, and uh, they do a phenomenal job selling new and pre-owned Ford and Lincolns. Um, uh, the great thing is is that uh, you can actually see yours truly, and I'll be more than happy to come out there and um, excuse me, I'll be more than happy to greet you when you come out there, take care of you, give you really like a, a personal or concierge touch. So, again, uh, please check me out, Allen Vigil, Ford & Lincoln. You actually can call me. Give me a call on the cell, 678-410-9833. And good news, we even have someone that handles bumpy credit, you know, like me. Like I have my credit a little slim shady. Uh, a little shaky. So bottom line is we have someone there available to assist you uh, if you need help in that arena. So please, ma'am, please, sir, if you're looking for a car for yourself or for a family member, please contact your boy, the minister. Give me a call, uh, 678-410-9833, and we'll be more than happy to assist you in your vehicle needs. Uh, so we're going to go. Uh, we're going to take a little break, in, like I said, in just a moment so you guys can um, hear a little bit about uh, this wonderful uh, play called uh, The Battle Is Not Yours. So just uh, bear with us here for a second. We're going to get something queued up for you, and you'll be able to listen for yourself. And hopefully be able to go to the play. The play is actually Memorial Week, Memorial Day weekend, weekend of the 25th, I think is the date. Uh, so please, ma'am, please, sir, if you're able to go, uh, please come out and check them out. I think it really will be a blessing uh, for you, I think that you will truly, truly, truly uh, enjoy it. I think again, you will truly, truly enjoy it. So hopefully, again, you'll be able to come on out and uh, and check it out uh, for yourself. Again, uh, the battle is not yours. Uh, a wonderful, um, like I said, just a wonderful event that's going to be held at the uh, College Park Auditorium. Again, it is produced by my good friend and brother uh, Leonard Spikes. And so again, I hope you're able to go. And uh, and see that for yourself. Hope you're able to go and check it out. And hopefully uh, you'll be able to do that um, again on that Memorial Day weekend. So let me get the audio here for you so you guys can check that out for yourself. Uh, and uh, our good brother, uh, Len- uh, good brother Kevin Collins, excuse me, Kevin Buchanan, want to get the stage name right. Uh, he was happy enough to uh, do this uh, for us. So again, uh, listen in here as we go to a break keep it locked right here for more as you find out more about the battle is not yours play written and directed by linda walker saturday may 25th college park auditorium doors open at 6 30 show starts at 7 p.m advanced tickets on sale at eventbrite.com it's 20 dollars at the door this is a remarkable story about the return of the hensons you don't want to miss it the battle is not yours Amen, amen, amen. That was, uh, again, the battle is not yours. Uh, wonderful stage event that is going on. Please, I hope you were able to get there and check it out for yourself. Again, the battle is not yours. It's going to be held at College Park Auditorium uh, the last Saturday of May. So please, if you're available, uh, check that out. Well, we're going to go here to our scriptures here, and we wanted to get that pulled up for those of you who are watching this on Facebook Live on the replay. Uh, we're going to try to get those scriptures up for you, but that might be at a later uh, time uh, for us. What we're going to do here is go right to the Word. We'll take a look here in the fourth 
uh, chapter of the book of Judges, the fourth chapter of the book of Judges. And our marquee scripture, our key scripture verse is verse 14, verse 14. And this is how it reads, 4 and 14. This is what it says. And Deborah said unto Barak, up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thy hand. Is not the Lord going out before thee? Uh, so Barak went down from the mountain Tabor and 10,000 men after him. Again, Judges 4 and 14. And Deborah said unto Barak, up, for this is the day which the Lord has delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord going out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and doing of his mighty and magnificent uh, holy word. So if we, if we look here at this, uh, if we look here at this situation here, uh, of course, you know, anytime you're trying to do something, I did not put my phone on on mute. So someone is trying to call me and I have to uh, block that broadcast. So I'll block that in right now. There we go. Uh, so as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, one of the things that we always have to be aware of is that God is doing things behind the scenes uh, to work out and to make sure that we are able to be used by him to get the victory on whatever it may be going on uh, in our lives. And so in this particular case, the people of Israel have been in a situation where they had been under siege uh, for a long time by uh, an enemy by the name of Sisera. Uh, Sisera it was, um, was a strong man in that area. He was in a situation where he had 900 chariots made of iron. And see, back in those days, uh, when you had that type of uh, firepower, so to speak, you really could wreak havoc on your enemies because most people were not in a situation where they had uh, that type of firepower. Uh, chariots of iron, that was a major um you know, to have that many chariots was a major situation. So for him to have that uh, made it so that it was very, very difficult uh, for any of his enemies uh, to overcome him. But how many people know that oftentimes in our lives, God allows us to be in situations where it looks like there are overwhelming odds. But thanks be unto God, he is able to deliver us uh, even when we are not able uh, to see the way through. Because if you go back and read uh, the early parts of the scripture, matter of fact, I'll do that for us right now. If we go back here, Deborah, who was the leader of Israel, basically told Barak, hey, the Lord has already told you what to do. Now, many people know that this is one of the things that I don't know about you, but it's a, it's a battle for me uh, to be in a situation where God has told you something, but yet you, you're kind of afraid to do it. You know, he's told you, hey, go out and do this, whether it be go out and take this new job or uh, go and, and witness. You know, I just have to be honest, that's a, that's a great difficulty for me at times. God is telling to us, I need you to go do it uh, because I've already made things set for you. You don't have to do anything. I, when I say don't have to do anything, you just have to show up. I'll take care of it. You need to go. Okay, now here's I'm going to read the uh, first part here, going back up into uh, the fourth chapter and looking at verse number, let's go to verse number six. And she said, call Barak, the son of Abinadam, out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, Hath not the Lord God commanded thee, saying, 
Go and draw toward Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and the children of Jephthah. And I, God speaking now, will draw unto thee to the river of Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude, and I will, I will deliver him into thine hand. And this is what Barak said in response. He said uh, unto her, and Barak said unto her, if thou will go with me, then I will go. But if thou will not go with me, then I will not go. Isn't that, isn't that how we do it sometimes? Isn't that how we do uh, that we get in a situation where God has told us to do something? He already told us to do it. And we go, uh, well, I'm kind of nervous about doing that. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> or I'm not going to do it unless you, you give me some helpers or if you send somebody along with me. See, God wants us to get to the point where we have the kind of faith that we're willing to take an action when he tells us to do it, that we don't, you know, buckle back or we don't kind of skip around or we're not uncertain, but instead that we go forward and do what God has for us to do. Because, see, what happens is if we do things that way, what we find is is that even though the odds look big, even though things appear to be stacked against us, God has already made a way. If you go back and look throughout the history, especially in the Old Testament, when the Israelites had to fight against their enemies, God did something supernaturally to disrupt the enemy to either make them believe that the Israelites had overwhelming forces or in the case of the Egyptians, when they tried to follow them into the Red Sea, that now that the, 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 the water uh, or the track, which was dry for the Israelites to walk over, became muddy. All those chariots that the Egyptians had, they were one of the mightiest. They were probably the mightiest civilization at that time. All of a sudden, all that, that firepower they had couldn't be used because the chariots were stuck in the mud. Didn't matter they had the firepower. God set up so they couldn't use it. And see, God is saying the same thing with us. Oftentimes, we're put into a situation where it might be on your job, where you look and it looks like people have more pull. It looks like people have more cred. It looks like people have more allies on that job. It looks like there is no way God is telling you, hey, I'm going to make you an overseer or a manager in this particular department or maybe even put you over this entire place. You're looking at all the people in front of you and ahead of you and say, God, how can that be? And these people, they actually understand internally. This is amazing how this works that your adversary, they know the situation, and these people on your job are doing everything to block you. Everything they can to block you, to disrupt you, to discredit you. But at the appointed time, God will tell you, okay, I need you to now do this. I need you to go speak to the chairman. I need you to make this presentation to the CEO. You're petrified. You're saying, man, when the people find out, I'm, I mean, my supervisor is going to jam me up. I'm going to get jacked up. But God tells you to go anyway, and what happens is is that it's already been prepared behind the scenes. See, it, it, it's very important if when you get a chance to go read the fourth and fifth chapter of the book of Judges so you can get some context uh, on this. Okay, the other thing God does is he puts people in place. He puts people in place to help you. I'm going to read here now, and I'm sorry I don't have all these Bible verses up for you I just was not able to get all of these things together for you ahead of time. But at the appointed time, uh, we will have more of these things available to you. So right now, we're going to have to read. Uh, we look at um, Judges 4, starting with verse 11. And this is what it says. Now Heber, Eber, the, the, the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, 
the father-in-law of Moses, had severed himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent unto the plain of Zanadanim, which is by Kadesh. Okay, now watch this. I'm going to read it in the God's Word, the Plain English Version. It said, Abed the Kenite had separated from the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, the Moses' father-in-law, and Abed went as far away as the oak tree at Zanamin near Kadesh and set up his tent. Okay, keep that pinned right there. Okay, so this man, God had evidently led him to move far away from his tribe and his relatives. And he said, brother, what does that have to do with anything at all? I don't, I don't get it. Okay. Now I'm going to shift here. And for those of you who are watching on Facebook Live and other social media platforms, I'm now going to show you our key scriptures. Okay. So let's go ahead and put it together. You see, <laughs> this young lady, Jael, was of the tribe of Abair, the Kenites. Remember I told you earlier how they had moved far away from their brothers and now have pitched their plant in this place very near where this battle was. Look how God works. Look how he works. Let's go ahead and read it here for you. This one says here, uh, Judges verse 17, staying in the fourth chapter. Howbeit Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of jail because now what's happened is Barak has routed his forces and he's now taken off. He says he fled away on his feet to the tent of jail, the wife of Abair the Kenite. There he is. It says, for there was peace between Jabin, the king of Azor, and the house of Abair the Kenite. So now God had moved this man who and his family who related to the Israelites and moved him into this territory where this enemy of the Israelites are. But they had peace. But here's how things work. God put these people in place because Jael, when she understood <laughs> that this man was was fleeing from the Israelites and that he had made war against the Israelites all of this time, even though they had peace, God sent her to take care of Sisera. So here you have a situation where this mighty army, 10,000 men chasing Sisera, this guy who had 900 chariots, and now this man's on foot. As it turns out, he comes into a man's wife. And this is what he says. He says, first of all, she said, hey, come on inside. Lay down. I'm going to paraphrase here for you. Take it easy. And he said to her, speaking of this general Cicera, give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. And again, he said unto her, stand in the door of the tent and shall be, if any man doth come and inquire of thee and say, is there any man here? Thou shalt say no. Okay. Then Jael, Abra's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temple and fastened it to the ground. For he was fast asleep and weary, and so he died. Now, uh, that's a little hardcore, but what I'm showing to you is here is that when God asks us to do something, he already has prepared for the defeat of our enemies in advance. And he sends people in place to help us fulfill what he has us to do. So God is asking us in this season to press past the fear. Now, a lot of this stuff that I'm preaching to you, I'm really preaching to myself. He's telling us we have to press past the fear of looking to the fear that comes when you look at the 
task that God has us for to do. God no longer wants us to focus on the task. He wants us to focus on him. That's why in the New Testament it says, keeping our eye on Jesus, Yeshua, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So in other words, we want to keep our eye on Jesus. When he tells us to do something, we want to focus on the fact that he has said to us that he has given us a comforter. He's given us the Holy Spirit inside us to dwell, to empower us, number one. And then number two, that the Bible tells us that he worketh all things together for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God is telling us that, number one, that I have already given you everything that you need to accomplish the task I've set before you. And then whatever you don't have, I'm going to put people in place to assist you to do the task, no matter how large, no matter how seemingly overwhelming it appears to be, because I am God. And the question he asked the Israelites is the same question he's asking us today. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I mean, really, Yeshua said to the disciples when he explained to them uh, how narrow the way is of following him uh, and, and how so far above the pale in terms of righteousness that we think about, the disciples said, hey, who can do this? When he talked about how hard it was for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, the disciples said, whoa. <laughs> because like any any of us, we, we, we like to be wealthy. When he told the disciples about the idea of divorce and how, you know, God really didn't set it up that way and, it's, and, and that we shouldn't do that and how narrow that was, the disciples said, whoa. But what God is telling us is that all things are possible to them that believe. And, it, and the things that are impossible to God, impossible to man are possible with God. I don't care what it is that you've done. I don't care what thing that you have, have, have gone through. God is able to carry you through this and take you to the place that you need to be. I don't care what it is. Yeah, it is tough for rich men to enter the kingdom of heaven, but they can get in. Yes, God doesn't want us to uh, to be divorced, but we can get past that and move on and still have a, a, a wonderful life in him. I'm just saying. Oftentimes, we're, we're, we, we want to do things when we're younger, but God sets it up so that it doesn't happen until we're older. And we're thinking, God, I don't have strength for this. I don't, I don't have the vigor. I don't have the energy that I had when I was a younger person. How am I going to do this? God said, don't worry. Just go forward. You have to be, we have to be like Abraham. The Bible said Abraham hoped against hope. He believed God even when he got into his 60s, his 70s, his 80s, and still no heir from him and his wife Sarah. But he continued to believe, and finally at 100, him and Sarah had a baby. And I think about the, the, the late uh, Rita Franklin when she sang, he, made me, he makes me feel like a natural woman. Well, evidently, supernaturally, God allowed Sarah to allow Abraham to make her feel like a natural woman because she had that baby herself in her advanced age. She was in her 80s. I've seen it. I, I'm in, sitting I am in my apartment that I go home to every day. Right next door to us, the apartment complex building, I should the building next door, burnt down. We were literally about 60 feet from that building, and the wind was blowing those embers hard left towards our building. When I left this place at around 10 p.m., 
I didn't know what I was going to expect the next morning, whether my, 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 my apartment would be gone or whether it would be smoke damage and everything would be gone. But here's what happened. First of all, God sent a strong rain. And it rained hard like a monsoon for about a half an hour. Then it rained on and off throughout the whole night. And then once the rain came, I found out that the wind stopped. Now, you know that that's nothing but the Lord that has done that. So I just want to encourage you to please, man, please, sir. And I want to encourage myself. You, and I'm going to pray for you, everyone out in this broadcast. I'm going to do that before we get off there. And I want you to pray for me that we become energized, that we allow God to unleash us with courage and faith to do the things that he calls us to do in this day. Because don't you know we're getting closer and closer to his return? Don't you know that these days are getting more evil, more wicked? And God needs people, his people, to stand up and put literally like the army does. We have to kind of put our flag in the ground and say, uh, or draw a line in the sand and say, we goes no further and not on my watch. The other day, the scriptures, one of the great scriptures, um, and I reposted this, it was uh, Jacob, uh, not Jacob, but Yash- Joshua talking to the people of Israel. He told them, look, choose you this day whom you shall serve. You want to serve the gods of the of our enemies, Amalekites, whoever it is, great. Or serve the God of Israel. He said, whatever you want to do is fine. He said, but as for me and my house, <laughs> we will serve Yahweh. We will serve the Lord. And that's the thing that we have to say. Regardless of what the culture is doing, regardless of what's going on, regardless of how big the enemy appears to us, as for us, as for you and for I, as for our house, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to obey God regardless of, of what the circumstances might lead us uh, to do or say. So, again, I just want to encourage each and every one of you who have been listening today as we pray right now. God, mighty Father, we ask you, Lord, in this day and this hour to unleash us, O Lord God, empower us to bless your kingdom. Each and every person that's listening who's a follower of Yeshua, follow that way, who's been born again, we ask you, Lord, to let your spirit now energize us and empower us to do your will. And, Father, most of all, do as you've done in times past, O God, Father. Prepare for us already the battle that is won. Before we even get there, we ask you for these blessings in the name of your son, Mighty Yahashua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. Listen, everybody, you know, I always want to ask you before I leave this broadcast, speaking of Yahashua, speaking of Jesus Christ, do you know him as your personal Savior? Because if you don't, I'm going to tell you, please, man, please, sir, get to know him today. Why? Because nobody loves you like Jesus, not your mom, not your auntie, uh, not your boo, your bae, your BFF. Nobody loves you like Jesus. Okay, and second of all, that that relationship with him, that's the only way you can get into heaven. That's it. It's not by how many ties you play, not how much giving you do to 501c3s. It's when you repent of your sins. You believe that Jesus died for your sins and that uh, great Yahweh raised him from the dead. And you confess that with your mouth. The Bible says, and it is true to this day, that you shall be saved. And the same thing that mighty God said in days past goes today. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right, everybody, you know what time it is. Hump day, the middle of the week. But mighty God, great Yahweh has got good things in store for us yet. Listen, on behalf of everybody here at WIGO, Atlanta's Incredible Radio, we want to, of course, give a big shout-out to our program director, Mr. Kevin Buchanan. And we want to say God bless to each and every one of you who have been so faithful uh, to follow this broadcast. Again, we just want to say we appreciate you so much. Uh, we appreciate the fact that you take time out of your busy schedule uh, to tune in to us. So, again, guys, until the next time, until the next time, God bless you and have a magnificent 
day.